Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home. Hey, I'd sure encourage you to go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, download today's message notes. In fact, you'll be able to go back over them and read some of the verses that we just highlight. The other thing is you can download the kids' activity sheet as well, too. Plus, on our website, we'll list all of the upcoming dates and our calendar uh, of events at the Hills Church. Well, um, my title today is, How Will I Know? And I, I want to look at this Christmas story of Jesus's birth, really through the perspective of Joseph and Mary and them wondering, what would Jesus do that we know that he's the son of God, he'll be great, and all of those promises associated with how how will I know? How will I know? In fact, it's another great question to even ask in our lives. How will I know when God performs what he's promised he's performed? So let me ask you a question about last year's Christmas. Do you remember what you got, what you received as a gift? Think about it for a minute. In fact, Maybe um, maybe you remember because it was something large, a trip or a vehicle or, or, or a television or, or something, a large purchase that you remember. But for most people, they don't have an idea of what they got last year. But here's what you remember. Many times you remember what you gave rather than what you received. And why is that? Why, why did you remember what you gave? Well, you were excited because whenever you picked out that item, you had that individual in mind and you wrapped it or you placed it in a bag or whatever you did. And you were more excited about them opening the gift than whatever you had was about to receive. You wanted to see their face. Many of you that have had young children, you were able to get that first bike or maybe maybe it was a gaming uh, control unit or something. And you can remember their faces, their expressions when they received a gift. That always makes me think of our Father God on how his heart was on that, on that very day when Jesus was born. Well, the verse that we've been reading each and every week here for a little while is from Jesus as he's beginning ministry. In fact, as he's picking up and starting after John the Baptist, and he says this in Mark 1.15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. So we've been talking about believe. That's a word that we read in Bible, having faith. Believing in the promises, believing when this thing sounds completely crazy, believing. You know, the whole Christmas story is what we looked at last week. It's an entire prophetic thing weaved since the beginning of Genesis chapter 3, all the way up until we read of the account of Jesus being born in, in Matthew and in Luke. And yet we read in the book of Revelations that the Lamb or the Lamb of God being Jesus, he had already been slain. It was already known what to do before the foundations of the world. God already knew what was in the heart of man. 
And he already had a plan to redeem mankind. But here's what's interesting. You have to receive the gift. You have to receive it. Well, this is the verse in our message today that that really has stuck with me throughout this week. And this is from Galatians chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says these words. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. But when the fullness of time, think about that for a minute. It was at that very moment on that very night when Jesus would be born. In fact, if we backed up a little bit, it was the announcement to both Mary and Joseph that the fulfillment or the fullness of time would come, that God would send forth his son to redeem those who were under the law. Now, you can read uh, or you can follow back up from last week on all the verses that we went through uh, proclaiming and prophesying about Jesus's birth. We know that God prepared the way through John the Baptist. We know that when we read Luke chapter 1 and we read verse 26 to 38, that an angel comes to Mary and announces to her that she is going to have child. She's going to have a child. He's going to be great. In fact, she ends with that those, those great words, let it be unto me according to your words. We know that um, an angel in a dream comes to Joseph and comes to him and he's perplexed because of the report that Mary has said that she's going to be with child. They're betrothed, which again was a one-year process. And it was as if they were married. It was deeper than an engagement. It was as if they were married. If you broke that, it was like a divorce. Under being under the law, Mary could have been stoned. She was pregnant um, before they were married. And yet in a dream, uh, he was specifically told the instructions to do, and he did according to what the dream said. How will I know? A census is called. You go to Bethlehem, that's where you have a child. You know, we begin to read these stories that now Jesus is born. But remember with me that there was a star that had shown and that there were wise men that when they saw the star, they knew that that star was different. They knew that it was the one born king of the Jews and they begin to travel. And we know, according to our Bibles, that they probably traveled for a good two years Because when they found Jesus, he was in a house. So they're traveling as Jesus was born. But when Jesus is born, an angel announces it to the shepherds. And I always remember they were uh, awake and alert and wanted to go and make, they didn't want to wait or waste any time. They wanted to run and go see this child. And then a multitude of angels announced it. So remember, let's back up a minute. Mary and Joseph are in this cave or this back manger, and the place where they lay Jesus is in the feeding trough. 
This is not what they expected for who this child is going to be. For the miraculous part of an angel announcing to Mary and in a dream to Joseph and all of the promises. And now he's in a feeding trough and now shepherds come and they're going to tell the story of angels had announced to them that this is Jesus who was born. And they run and they go, well, now they enter into a house and about two years of age is where we read about these wise men coming from the east and they come in and they worship Jesus and they present their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, that's pretty amazing between shepherds coming, between the wise men coming and gifts. But now in the middle of the night, Joseph has this stirring dream that he's to take, <coughs> excuse me, he's to take Mary and the baby Jesus and flee to Egypt that Herod is seeking his life. And so they do just that. They flee and they go to Egypt. And then we know this. Then in Egypt, he's announced again that that uh, there's there's been the death of Herod, and they're now to be able to go back. In fact, as they go back, they're warned in a dream where to go, and they go into the area of Galilee, and they settle in Nazareth as it was foretold prophetically. So Mary and Joseph have been giving getting instructions for an angel about what to do and God directing Joseph in a dream. And now it all ends up that this child and they're back in Nazareth at a young age. And so the question comes back, how are we going to know that he's great? What's he going to do? You know, at dinner time, you sit down and you ask God to bless the food and you look at Jesus and he, what's he going to do? He's not done any miracles. He's not shown signs of anything. What's he going to do? In fact, the only thing that we read in the Bible between the birth, between them fleeing to Egypt, between them coming to Nazareth, is we read this verse when Jesus is 12, Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. This is Jesus at 12. So the only thing that we see is he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And why, why we know this specifically was he had been missing three days and his parents finally found him, thought he was with family, but he's in the temple. He's both listening and asking questions, and they were astonished at what he had asked. He'd not done any miracles. He'd not preached any sermons. He'd not healed any bodies. He'd not multiplied any food. He had done nothing, but he was increasing in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. You know, it's a verse that we pray constantly. Uh, we had prayed over our children when they were small, continue to pray for them. And we use that verse every time that we dedicate a child into the Lord. We always pray that verse that they would be like Jesus, that they would grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. How are they going to know when Jesus is ready? What's he going to do? You know, all throughout the Bible, it's very interesting that, that we're given specific ages of specific people. You know, when God begins uh, to use Abram, we know that he's 75 years of age. We know that when God uses Moses, you know, Moses is 80. 
when he uses David, we don't know specifically, but he's young, 14, 15, 16. You know, all throughout the Bible, there's a few people that were shown different ages that are younger, older, or somewhere in the middle. But when we now see Jesus beginning his ministry in Luke 3, 23, he begins his ministry at about 30 years of age. Now, I want you to think about that with me. At 30 years of age, Bible times, they, they were married a lot younger. They were, they were married 18, 19, 20 years old. Jesus at 30, he'd not done any miracles, right? He probably had done some reading in the synagogues. He was a carpenter. He'd not multiplied any food. He'd not walked on the water. There was nothing that he had done that Mary and Joseph would have sat back and thought, gee, he's going to be great. Look, They didn't know what he was going to do. But it was in the fullness of time that he was born. And now in the fullness of time at 30 years of age, he's going to begin his ministry. It was in that exact time that God wanted him to start at 30. His ministry would last about three and a half years. In those three and a half years, he would be baptized by the Holy Spirit. He would be led um, into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would lead him. He would come back. He would teach in the synagogue. And he would begin to perform the ministry of preaching, of healing and delivering, of raising the dead, multiplying food, walking on water, calming the seas. He would lay his own life down as he said, nobody takes it from me. In fact, the father has given me this option. He would lay down his own life as a sacrifice of sacrifices. But on the third day, he would rise again. So we follow this short ministry of Jesus. And yet Mary knew before he turned the water to wine that he was great, that he was unique because she wanted those uh, who would fill the water pots to listen to what Jesus said. You know, it's an interesting verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season. Let me come back to that verse we started with. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under law, under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. But when the fullness of time had come. You know, if we were to map out all of this specifically through the Bible, as we talked about of God using Joseph's side of the family through um, the lineage of David, Mary's side of the family through the tribe of Judah, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born at that specific place in that specific time. And God would use Mary and Joseph to protect him, to move him to Egypt, to have him in Nazareth, to see him at the age of 12, who uh, didn't do anything miraculous until he was the age of 30. But they trusted God. They believed God at his word. God showed them things, but they had peace in knowing 
not forcing him to do anything, but waiting on God to move in the fullness of time. I want to come back now to what I started with. You know, Christmas is about what we give to somebody else and how we see their expressions light up. In the fullness of time, God gave his son over those thousands, those few thousands of years that he would end up at that time that the world wouldn't know him, but God would send his son so that he could redeem the world. And he proved it all along because he said it and he did it. Well, now I want to talk about you. And in the fullness of time, God is going to do what he said he would do in your life. And just like in the lineage of Jesus, there was some characters along the way. There was some crazy plots. But in the fullness of time, God fulfilled his word. His word does not return to itself void. We read that in Isaiah 55. In the fullness of time, God will perform. But many times, because we doubt it, we have to come back and we have to repent and believe the gospel. In fact, if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I so encourage you to take that step that this is the fullness of time in your life an opportunity to accept him and to follow him and to be a disciple. Pray this prayer with me. In fact, if you're watching on the screen, you can see the words. If you're just listening to this, you can say it after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I'm in your family. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, the most important thing to do is go and tell somebody what you just did. You may have a family member or a friend or somebody, a coworker that's been talking to you about Jesus. I encourage you to let them know the decision you made to follow him or reach out to us on either of the social media platforms that you're viewing. If you're listening, go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Click on the contact button. As many people have done, said, you know, I'm following Jesus. This is my new life. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this one verse out of Job. And it says this, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. Though your beginning was small. You know, God refers to everything as a seed. You know, nowadays when we do grass, many times we roll in sod and we, we don't go back to how it really is grown through a little tiny seed, a small seed that not only produces, but it also multiplies itself. In fact, that's that verse in Job. Though your beginning was small, your latter would increase abundantly. So as we pray today for our offering, pray that as you give. Remember, it is as a seed, the Bible says, that will grow and multiply. Here's my prayer today. As I give in today's offering, let me not despise the day of small beginnings. Everything begins with a seed, yet it grows and reproduces many times. Let my giving remind me today of a seed 
that is planted in good ground. And I believe and declare that it will grow and multiply in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button. It is safe, fast, and secure. secure. You can also write to us by mail, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we thank you for your support to the ministry of the Hills Church. We celebrate this Sunday, Ugly Christmas Sweater Sunday, but I always wear my red jacket on our Sundays and I have my Ugly Christmas t-shirt on. Uh, We remember this Christmas season, but would you remember this verse all week long in your thoughts? That in the fullness of time. In fact, I love that that part when I looked up fullness of time. It means the idea behind the phrase of the fullness of time, it says, when the time was right, Jesus came at the right time. His promise and his fulfillment to you will come at the right time. You know, God is never late, but many times we say God is never early. He's right on time. Believe him, fullness of time. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help, your help, comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.